In these bleak days, humanity is at a breaking point. Economies are tanking. The woke mob is canceling everything. And the little guy who's just trying to run a small business is getting screwed from both ends. But not all is lost. Amidst the chaos, two men offer up their voices in the darkness, dropping 2,000-pound laser-guided truth bombs on today's lunacy. Introducing the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. Captain and Tennille, uh, 1982, it was sung at the Sands in Las Vegas during their big holiday show. Shop around, uh, as all of us are doing now, we're shopping for the best candidates, the people to lead us into the next millennia and beyond. Brad, obviously, um, big decisions being made in this country uh, by everyone. Yes, indeed, my friend. My my lovely wife and I spent yesterday more than an hour, actually, on our ballot. So, in, we we live in Colorado, and so in Colorado, you vote by mail all the time. It's not a you know COVID thing; it's the way they've done it for years, which is actually very handy because you get your ballot in, and then you have plenty of time to sit around and you know Google the all of the different props that are on the ballot. Google the candidates for the local offices that you you know don't know anything about. And try to figure out, you know, who would do the best job. And so we traditionally, every time there is an election, we sit down, we maybe have a glass of wine, we fire up the old Google machine, and mm-hmm. we get our research done. And I feel good about that. I feel like we voted as members of an informed electorate. I recommend everyone do something similar, although it is harder when you vote in person because you got to find like a I don't know what they call it, like a draft ballot. So you can even see what's on there. Cause that was always, the, you know, when you vote in person, there's always something on there where you're like, I've never heard of this before. Yeah, no, I I've got the position papers out studying them. Um, and uh, we are prepared to vote early. The way they do it in Texas is you go to the uh, polling location and you mm-hmm. enter a booth and you mm-hmm. uh, make choices Yes, um, via some sort of a video touch screen. Mm. Um, and uh, you go in there, you make your, your choices, you confirm them, you vote, then you go back, uh, get in line again and do it again. And you, you typically you can vote four or five times in an hour. Um, Before someone notices, you just yeah. put on like Groucho Marx glasses. Hey, how you doing? Just keep on voting. Unlike vote. Rhode Island is different. So I, I'm, I'm from Rhode Island, obviously. And in Rhode Island, you would just go down to the local waterworks, right? The, the water department. And, uh, you know, you'd, you'd know the guys, Vinnie Bombats and uh, Gussie Bucci and all the guys that you'd go down there and you'd say, hey, you know, let me, let me get a couple of ballots here going. And then you go in there and you'd vote for the local ward boss and the, the, the Democratic uh, machine uh, leader. You get all your votes in and then they would go back and they would increase the, 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 the amount of votes uh, or weight uh, that would be afforded to your vote based on uh, their review of your ballot. Mm. Yeah, well, that makes that is a form of democracy. I'm not sure exactly what you know subset of democracy that is, mm-hmm. but it's a form of democracy for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and and obviously this is the big precursor to the uh, to the uh, election that's coming up. Uh, anyway, this is David Pridham and Brad Sheaf, and this is our big election special. Uh, and of course, Brad, as always, you and I mean business. We do. 
Uh, you can learn much to a lot of business. Yeah. You can yeah. learn more about our show on our website, ipfrequently.com. Follow us wherever you digest uh, your uh, social media at uh, IP underscore frequently. And of course, we start the show every week with the big um, news items of the week that you need to know to survive, to continue to breathe. Um, and this week, Brad, we of course have the elections and we'll get to those in a little bit. But the two big news items of the week that I see, one is the big Twitter thing with uh, Elon Musk taking over the Twitter. And then mm. the other is this strange story out of uh, San Francisco with uh, the um, first husband of the speakership, Paul Pelosi. What happened to him? Well, why don't we start there? That's a good uh, that's a good start. So so uh, late <laughs> late uh, uh, one night this past week, uh, police were called to a, uh, a Tony um, uh, townhouse in San Francisco where there was a uh, big problem afoot with a Paul, fracas, perhaps there was a bit of fracas. Paul Pelosi, um, the, the, the husband of the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, just okay. just a, who's just a dream. She actually went to the same college as my mother, graduated a couple of years apart. So Nancy Pelosi is a just quite a, quite a peach. So here are the facts that you're a former law enforcement guy, correct? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so here are the facts that we've got from this. There's apparently a breaking and entering at the Pelosi estate in Knob Hill. Now, Nancy Pelosi was not home. I believe she was in uh, D.C. or out on the road campaigning for uh, um, that, that, that strange man in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah. But uh, here, is, here, here are the facts uh, surrounding this uh, uh, Pelosi assault. Um, oh, so, so it's not just a breaking and entering. Someone was assaulted. Well, that that is an allegation. So let me get okay. this set of facts to you and then you'll break okay. it down, because, again, you're a law enforcement person. So you take facts and you fashion them into uh, potential charges, if you will. So yes. let's go ahead and give you the facts. Uh, number one, fact number one, a rainbow flag waving nudist prostitute got up at 2 a.m. Friday morning in San Francisco. <laughs> Okay, that's, well, that's you know what? I, I mean, probably not an unusual occurrence in that town. Okay. Uh, he this this rainbow flag waving nudist decides at that point in time to create two random websites with hundreds of uh, posts about QAnon and Big Brother in the dead of the night. So these are created. These two websites about QAnon uh, are, are created in the dead, dead of the night. Yeah. He then strips down to his underwear. Right. Because even though he is a nudist, apparently he was wearing some sort of a leisure suit, mm-hmm. uh, grabs a hammer and jogs all the way to Nancy Pelosi's house, which is in the Tony area of Knob Hill, which is a heavily guarded uh, uh, area in San Francisco. I believe you're familiar with that, uh, Brian. Uh, I have been there for sure. My folks loved San Francisco back in the day when they were kids. Uh, they uh, some would go so far as to say they courted there. You and I were there most recently. What now? Three years ago. I believe it was three. There years. was human feces, you know, pretty much everywhere. And mm-hmm. when there were where there wasn't feces, there was urine. So you, you had that going for you. So, so this this gentleman arises from his slumber two a.m. That is one hundred percent correct. And then right. miraculously breaches two layers of Max Secret Service security designed to protect the third most powerful person in the world with nothing but a hammer and some tidy whities Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's getting a little harder to believe, but go on. Next thing you know, he uh, finally shouts, where's Nancy before smacking Paul Pelosi, the husband of Nancy Pelosi in the head with a hammer in front of cops 
who had been called to the house for a quote unquote wellness check uh, sometime before this uh, uh, incident occurred. Um, and uh, of course, at no point in time did anyone shoot him or try to take him down this uh, nudist in uh, a pair of underwear with a hammer. No way. Now, now you've lost me, I'm afraid. So he breaches the security at the home of the Speaker of the House. I know nothing about the security for the Speaker of the House, but let's assume there is some. He gets through it, clad solely in a pair of tidy whities armed with a hammer, and Paul Pelosi is home at the time that he breaks into the residence there? Apparently, Paul Pelosi is also at home with this gentleman in the house. So the guy... Okay, so wait a minute. Yeah, did, did he break into the house or was he let in into that? Because you said there were cops there. I'm I'm super fuzzy at this point. Yeah, I mean there there are different. It, it sort of depends on what you go with here, right? And, and okay. Listen, what what we have is we have the police recording, right, where the call was made by Paul Pelosi to the police, uh, asking for a wellness check for his friend whose name was David. And this person's name happens to be David. De pop. So and he calls for a wellness check for someone who was breaking into his house with a hammer. C- correct. And and states that this person is an acquaintance of his, previously known to Mr. Pelosi. The word the word he used was friend. There's nothing more that we have than that. The word again, this rainbow flag waving nudist prostitute was named David. And inside the house is someone who was was invited in we don't we don't know i'm i'm honestly well, confused at this i point. well again this this and this could be a good unsolved mystery segment hmm. um the answer is it's it's unclear right it's unclear he was in there in his underwear um there was a lot there. I mean, and obviously this is something that's being made a big deal of now by sure. the bidens and, and all that about this right-wing violence but it seems like this person is some sort of a uh, uh, it doesn't Marxist sound particularly and, right wing. Yeah. Uh, being a nudist and a male prostitute, but hey, you know what? Who knows? I mean, I'm sure there's a branch of the right wingers who are, you know, like to uh, like to be comfortable. I'm a little suspicious of the allegation that if it's the same guy, that he was simultaneously breaking and entering, unbeknownst to Mr. Pelosi, in an act of potential violence. And yet, Mr. Pelosi calmly picked up the phone and simply said, "I got a buddy here who's not doing too well." But that I can't—I can't get that together in my head. It's a tough one. I mean, it's a tough it one. It's a tough one. A so, tough why one to, was a male prostitute in his tidy whities with a hammer in Mr. Pelosi's house? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, it, it, listen. Well, it's clearly a right wing. This is clearly the fault of Republican candidates. This is clearly. Therefore, I mean, if there's one thing that is predictable about this sort of event, and I can say this based on my, you know, my experience in, in professional law enforcement, is that if you are a politician and you are you have an opposing party, political party, and they don't agree with your policies, you can almost assure yourself that a nudist in his tidy whities with a hammer will appear in your house and need help. That's always the opposing political party's fault. It will happen without fail. Well, the two two other things here. One is obviously this is being 
um, linked to the January 6th insurrection by President Biden. He went on the attack saying that this is all about Republican lies and uh, the Republicans trying to get people like this nudist prostitute to attack the husband of the Speaker of the, of the House, um, mm-hmm. sure, which is interesting because, yeah. you know, it seems to me a couple of months ago you had uh, people that were trying to assassinate Supreme Court justices and the um, uh, administration didn't really take a hard line on that, but this is, you know, they're up in arms about. And then another interesting point is that Elon Musk, obviously he's taken over Twitter and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but, but he apparently responded to a tweet by Hillary Clinton, uh, where Hillary Clinton was blaming the Republican party for the attack on the speaker of the house by the nudist uh, male prostitute in his tidy whities Um, and, uh, Elon Musk shared, this is after he took over Twitter, shared a story, about um, the possibility that uh, there could be a lot more of a relationship between Paul Pelosi and the nudist male prostitute. Um, oh my, and, so and the allegation here is that perhaps Mr. Pelosi was engaging in professional services being offered by Mr. Pop. That's certainly the uh, implication made by the tweet of one Elon Musk, but again, we don't know Brad and uh, um, it, it, it truly is an unsolved mystery, and, and hopefully there'll be more about this in the uh, in the coming weeks, because obviously the American people want to know. But in the meantime, it'll be spun up as a right wing attack. Next, Brad, uh, back to Elon Musk, our favorite uh, serial entrepreneur. He took over Twitter this week, took over Twitter this week. I believe he fired the entire executive staff, the entire board of directors. He is a board of one uh, at this point. And um, he is making waves across Twitter, letting people fact check the president of the United States, uh, which is probably a good thing because a lot of that stuff is uh, is um, specious at best that he says. Um, but so far, the uh, it seems to me that it's a it's, it's like a breath of fresh air um, coming from the Twitter. Well, I did see a couple of things about that. I thought it was funny that he walked in with a sink and said, you know, I'm taking over Twitter, let that sink in. I'm not sure where he got that idea, uh, but it's clever. It's clever. I did hear that he is uh, making a few waves. I myself do not have a Twitter account, so my life has not been you know, directly affected by his uh, leadership of the uh, Twitopolis there or whatever they call it. But my guess is that things will change. I do think you were kind enough to send me a, uh, a screenshot of a tweet where people were fact-checking the president, which is just hilarious because, you know, that guy just gets away, has gotten away with just saying things that, that even if you don't know for a fact that they are false, you just listen to and go, well, that simply cannot be true. I mean, the things that sometimes he contradicts himself in the space of two sentences, right? So you know one of those two sentences is not true, right? So I I think it is great that people are being allowed to fact check the president. Frankly, I hope that continues no matter who the president is, that should be part of the public discourse. And I'm wondering, my guess is you're gonna tell me not well, but I'm wondering how the left is reacting to now the shoe being on the proverbial other foot. Well, it, it sounds like not well, of course, you go to Twitter, right? And it's a, it's a marketplace of ideas, like a, uh, a fun piggly wiggly where you can go down any aisle you pl- please. And, you know, you can, you can learn new things and, and, and all that. Unfortunately, Brad, it seems like a lot of the people who are on the Twitter are now leaving the Twitter. Some of the beautiful people um, since Elon Musk took over. So for example, 
a number of celebrities have quit the Twitter, right? Um, oh, no. Because Elon Musk took over. So, for example, Grey's Anatomy producer and creator Shonda Rhimes tweeted, not hanging any, around anymore for whatever Elon has planned by. And so Shonda Rhimes left the Twitter. Not Sarah, Shonda Rhimes. I know. It's, it's, it's not Buster Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Sarah Bareilles, the singer who um, uh, sang that love song. Remember love? I wanna, you know, uh, and, and so she tweeted, Welp, it's been fun. I'm out Twitter. Uh, so she's gone. Uh, this is us producer Ken Olin who was on the TV show, the hit TV show in the 80s, 30-something, uh, tweeted, I'm out of here. Also, um, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure star Alex Winter uh, has also quit the, uh, the platform because of Elon Musk. So there are a lot of these D-list celebrities who are just dropping off the face of the Twitter, um, and uh, it, it seems to be making it a more desolate place. But first and foremost, I never heard of any of those people, which is, is really not as much of a criticism as it might be if someone who was more into pop culture had said the same thing, but I've never heard of any of them. And so I, I, you know, I, they cannot be overly famous. Secondly, Elon Musk could not care less about any of those people or any other million people who might leave that platform. Cause my guess is there are billions of people using it. So what does he care? He doesn't. And two, they will be right back, buddy. These are D list Celebrities are hoping like hell that they get four or five likes. Next, Brad, uh, the president this week announced crackdowns on excessive fees for the uh, airlines. And um, in doing so, he said you shouldn't be able to pay $25 for more legroom. And he said that type of policy, the more legroom for a price is racist because it hits marginalized Americans and people of color the most. And he is promising that he will crack down on that. And no one, Brad, no one will be getting more legroom on flights. <laughs> That's how you know the guy has totally lost it, right? I mean, if you are the president of the United States and someone comes to you and says, Mr. President, um, inflation is out of control. The price of gas is out of control. Uh, we, you know, 75 other things that you have completely made a mess out of. We're in danger of losing both houses of Congress in this midterm election. So here's what we want you to do. We want you to stand up in front of the American people and say, we're finally going to solve this odious, evil, you know, just stain on the face of America. The, hey, if you want more legroom, you can pay for it scam that the airlines run. And as the president, you say, hey, great idea. Where's the microphone? Then you have lost it. And so do I think the airlines suck? Yes, we are on record on this podcast, both of us as, you know, hating to fly. I do it far more often than you do these days. It sucks. So I got no problem with people gouging the eyes of the airlines. That's fine. You, you do you. But the idea that you are going to win over the American electorate by, by, by saying, hey, here's what I'm going to do, even though I have no ability to do it, right? It's not like the president could just dictate how a private business runs, but by saying, here's what I'm going to do, I'm going to rid us of the scourge of extra legroom on an airline flight because it's racist. I, I mean, you, you have just freaking lost it. The number of Americans who regularly fly, the kind of folks who say, I will pay for some extra legroom here or there. I mean, that's a small number of folks. 
And even those folks were not expecting for the president in the in the remaining few days before a critical midterm election to take to the bully pulpit pulpit and pound his shoe and say, my fellow Americans, we are moving forward. We are tackling the big issues. No one is going to be able to buy extra legroom on an airplane. You just literally have to stop and get whiplash when you hear that come out of the guy's mouth. Yeah, it's um, it's insane. It's telling. In the meantime, you've got our number two, the uh, yeah, the, the the vice president in charge of the border, border security, uh, the nuclear arsenal, I believe, is under her purview on her portfolio, if you will. Um, this week, she uh, basically accosted all Republicans for not speaking out immediately against hate after the big Paul Pelosi attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, we uh, have already dissected and analyzed that one. Mm. Um, but uh, so she did that. Then she also, Brad, uh, voiced her strong endorsement for yellow school buses and Venn diagrams. Yeah. She's the vice president of the United States. And every time she opens her mouth at, at best, she sounds like an eighth grader. I mean, yeah. just, just like you've captured audio of an eighth grader just who, who has no idea what to say, doesn't know why she's being asked, just sort of half giddily giggling, saying the first thing that comes to mind. Never before has anyone ever commented on their affection for the Venn diagram. Now, don't get me wrong, a bar chart, perhaps, or a line chart. Yes, we all love them. We grew up with them. We all have affection for them. But the Venn diagram, I've never heard anyone really sort of express their puppy love for, except for the current vice president of the United States. And so, you know, I think in in keeping with that theme, you know, you could take a, you know, draw a big circle on a whiteboard and just label it twits right? T-W-I-T-S, twits. Mm-hmm. And then you could draw a little circle in there and just label that, you know, completely enclosed within the twits circle and just label that Kamala Harris. Or if there's not enough space, you can just put VP. And then there, Veep. You, you have a, a Venn diagram we can all get behind. Yep. I think that's, I think that's exactly right. But listen, she's out there. She's uh, communicating with the people. Sort of. Yeah. And there you go. Next, Brad, big news out of uh, out of uh, the German Republic um, this week, a big breakthrough. And, and you and I have been you and I have been looking into this for a while now, the ability to speak with animals. Um, yeah, a team of German researchers have trained um, artificial intelligence to uh, mimic a honeybee's waggle dance and thus communicate uh, with and control the hive, the honeybees in the hive. Um, This uh, AI powered robot inside the hive controlled the bees movements. And this technology is also being used to pick up the sound of elephants and decipher the clicking made by whales. And uh, the the, uh, obvious, uh, obvious issue here is that artificial intelligence may be able to be used to communicate with animals. This is something, you know, you've obviously always wanted to do with your pets. You have, I believe, eight cats wanting to know what they're thinking at all times. Um, However, Brad, there is an ethical component to this. Um, Many experts fear that humans could use the AI technology to manipulate the animals to do human bidding. So that is the, uh, that is, I guess, the trade-off here. Uh, as the great honeybee experiment in the um, 
German Republic of uh, Reichmar goes forward. Buddy, again, I, so we don't have eight cats. We, we frankly don't have any cats. Now, my, my wife and daughters would love to have a cat. I'm, I'm not a cat guy. It's the litter box that does it. I mean, that, setting aside the cats, you know, generally arrogant attitude, the, the litter box, the whole idea, it's just not my deal. We do have a dog. And for the entire time we've had a dog and we, I have had dogs my whole life. I don't think there's been very many days of my life when I have not had a dog. We've had a dog the entire time. My wife and I have been married the whole time we've been raising our kids and, and obviously not the same dog. And, and I will, you know, I think everyone who is a dog lover will agree with me. It's very difficult when you lose your dog, but we have always, you know, taken a week or so off and then, you know, gone looking for the next pet. We're big dog folks. And I, say to my dog with fair regularity, come, come here. Right. And the dog just comes. It does my bidding and no person who's in the same circle with the vice president in the twit Venn diagram has ever complained that I am manipulating animals that when I say, Hey, sit, roll over, shake, you know, let's go for a walk. And the dog runs up the stairs and grabs her leash. I mean, none of that has ever been considered manipulating an animal I, I, I mean, but I guess lion tamers are going to be out. I mean, lion tamers are going to be canceled. I mean, all they do is manipulate the stately lion and the rest of us who expect our dogs to sort of come when we say come, sit when we say sit, we're all out. We're all, we're right. all going to be canceled. We're all just animal manipulators. All Trying to control them for your own good, like coming up with your own army of bees to like take over the, the, all the hives, right? And yeah. then you sort of monopolize the honey. And then you become the bee meister. <laughs> yeah, like Winnie the Pooh is the bee meister. Yeah, the bee meister. Well, you know what would be a good use of this? This would be impressive to me. I don't really care about the AI robot dancing for the bees and then the clicking and the elephant. If you can get an elephant to talk to a bee, now that would be impressive. But you don't really want that because they could collude uh, against the human race. Well, and elephants never forget. I mean, they, they would remember forever that you force them into a boring and somewhat one-sided conversation with a bee and they would just never forget it. Yeah. And just think about the way this would uh, um, sort of alter global conflict. Right. So, so for example, if Putin were able to somehow communicate with, you know, 10 herds of elephants, right. And get them to just trample the Ukrainian, uh, you know, border. It could, yeah. it could turn the tides of war. Well, that's true. Except in Putin's case, there would be no food, water, medical care, or weapons for the elephant. So they would start trampling and they get about a half an hour into it and they'd go, well, geez, I need a snack. Trampling is hungry business. Yeah. They'd turn to the you know Russian supply lines. There'd be nothing there. And the elephants would just go on their way, especially now that they can communicate with the bees. And you know that makes, uh, that makes for a good time, no matter who you are. Yeah, well, that's that's that's. I guess it's something we'll just have to watch out for and see if some yeah. big uh, group of animals is starting to cluster around an AI machine. Uh, yeah, next or Brad someone tells a horse, "Giddy up!" I mean, that gross manipulation of the equines. I mean, we just can't have it. You you gotta you gotta stop that. Hit it with a hammer or something. Yeah, whatever you gotta do. Yikes! Uh, next, Brad, the royal update. Uh, of course, you are fascinated with all things royal family, when your lifeblood. Uh, terrible news this year out of Montecito, California. Um, the Megxit, Harry and the princess, 
I don't think it's not a princess anymore, right? They stripped them. No, they quit. Titles. They quit the gig. They quit. They, they're keeping all the money, of course, but they quit the gig. <laughs> yeah. uh, they will not be spending the Christmas holidays with uh, King Charles and the Queen of Cornhole. Uh, instead, they'll be staying in their multi-million-dollar mansion in Montecito, uh, where they'll be, um, yeah, they'll be doing whatever they do, mm-hmm. uh, probably pouting. Um, but uh, in other news, Prince King Charles, the king announced that he is going to be taking on the role of captain general of the Marines. It is a role that the prince, the former, the Mexit prince had uh, once had, but now uh, King Charles is going to be the captain general of the Marines, assisted by your friend in mind, the queen of cornhole. Hmm. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's nothing more than the elite forces of the Royal Marines that they are looking forward to then having King Charles as their boss and the queen of cornhole barking out orders. Mm-hmm. Nothing will make them more operationally effective than that. Yeah. I think it'll be uh, listen, it's, it's the price you pay for the life you choose. Finally, RIP report this week, Brad, bad news. We, we had the Tony Dow watch on. Remember he was reported dead and then wasn't dead. Yeah. Very, Apparently, very odd, but, True, apparently. Very odd. Apparently, he died the next day. This was like over the summer. What? And our, our, yeah, he, he was dead. And the, the research team just never went back to it. So we've been saying Tony Dow's alive. He's <laughs> been dead. Not. Ah. He's dead, the whole, dead the whole time. That's but uh, the great Jerry Lee Lewis this week oh, no. uh, passed away at the age of, um, yeah, he was, yeah. So there it is. Jerry Lee Lewis passed away. 87 years old, Brad. 87. Not a bad run. Uh, married, I believe, a 12-year-old at one point when he was in his 50s. Uh, but otherwise, uh, Great Balls of Fire, Chariots of Fire. I believe he went to see that once in the 80s. Big loss for the music uh, industry. That is a big loss. He was an, he was an odd duck. Let's you know, be, be fair, but he was an exceptional performer, and he will be missed. And who doesn't love Great Balls of Fire? Listen, I, uh, I love it. Uh, obviously, not as much as... Shop around by Captain Janiel, but uh, mm-hmm. probably would have been a good choice this week, but uh, we didn't do it. Uh, next, Brad, a big midterm elections. Of course, uh, it is appearing more and more likely that there may be some change of foot in uh, in uh, in Congress. Of course, Nancy Pelosi has been distracted this past week, but we've got uh, big elections. and The Democrats are now saying that they are worried about the direction that the uh, uh, polls are uh, appear to be going. And uh, obviously, the House and the Senate are up for uh, up for grabs. The Republicans uh, seem to be more aggressive in terms of where they're putting their money, and Democrats are shoring up House districts with um, uh, that, that that saw Biden win by plus twenty in some of these districts in New York and New Jersey, where they're now having to put multi million dollar buys in to support the uh, the candidates. And the one little microcosm of this election I can tell you about is in Rhode Island. We had the People's Choice, Jim Langevin, who's one of our Congress people, um, never, never worked a day in his life. He's been a, a congressman for the last 20 some odd years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a state police cadet uh, out of college and uh, was playing around with a gun and shot himself. Uh, <laughs> and so he, he, he was in a wheelchair. And so he, um, you know, he, he, he now just does. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so he is, um, he is, uh, Retiring. He's retiring. Okay. And the race to take his seat is between uh, the son of an official from the uh, the Clinton administration, 
pro environmental guy, mm-hmm. uh, Magazina, I think his last name is, and he's running against a uh, an Asian American who actually I went to high school with, Alan Fung, who's the former mayor of really? Cranston. Oh yeah, mayor of Cranston, Rhode Island, Republican. And uh, right about now, I think Fung is up by like fifteen to twenty points, uh, and that's a district that it's it's unimaginable, unimaginable that it, the Republican would take that seat. No Republican has had that seat in a couple of generations. And so it seems like it's going to be going uh, to the Republicans. And there are a lot of seats like that, right, on the on the, the, the cusp of people pissed off about the inflation, the economy, the BS coming out of Washington, the crazy stuff at the border, the defund the police stuff, this war overseas that seems to be raging out of control, the fact that this administration has us on the brink of war with China, nuclear war with Russia, just terrible foreign policy decisions abound. And it seems like we're as unsafe as ever with people being pushed in front of sub moving subway trains and assaulted in you know, Kohl's department stores in the middle of day. Uh, so people are pissed about that. And, and, and so that that's sort of how I see it. I wonder how you see it before we dive in and make our big predictions on the House and the Senate. Well, but I, I would have seen it in the way that you described. I, I am as uh, disturbed by all of those many things that you mentioned as the rest of us here in the in the average American circle of the Venn diagram, up until I found out that Biden was going to fix this legroom thing. And now I have completely shifted my perspective. Now, I, I think the left is right. I think that inflation is just a necessary bump in the road to get us to a full set of green energy. I think that Biden is an astute character who is at the peak of his game. Yeah, I think it's um, pretty clear that uh, they're focused on where they need to be. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think that's enough, and if you say, listen, uh, more legroom sounds great, and it should go to people based on uh, racial profiling, that's a good start. But what else do you have for me? What else is the government doing? And listen, we talked um, at length about some of the great CDC um, uh, guidelines for social distancing, for monkeypox, uh, for the COVID-19 and all these great uh, tidbits they give people to stay healthy, wealthy and wise. And um, it appears now, Brad, that the administration has taken another um, uh, another step forward. Of course, last month we talked about the fact that the CDC in their monkey pox advice website removed the term woman from the website and uh, replaced it with a gender neutral term. Um, and now uh, it turns out that the CDC has removed the term woman from all information on the web uh, that the CDC provides related to flu shots. Uh, and they have now also uh, replaced the term quote unquote pregnant women uh, with the term pregnant people um, in both mm-hmm. their COVID mm-hmm. pages and written paraphernalia and in their flu shot paraphernalia and across all of the um, CDC websites. So if you're looking for guidance on flu vaccines during pregnancy, you will find no reference to uh, she, her, or the term mother. They've all been wiped from the CDC page um, and they've been uh, replaced with the uh, gender neutral term pregnant people or there. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. So listen, listen, if, if, if the leg room didn't get you, if they didn't have you a Venn diagram, if this surely, surely has to tickle your fancy because all reference whatsoever to women and mothers, uh, her, she are gone from the uh, CTC websites and they've been replaced with more appropriate um, gender neutral terms. But yeah, I just don't see how they don't not only maintain their current position in the legislature and in the governor's races, but just, you know, I mean, they may have all 100 seats in the Senate. They, they may have all 435 seats in the House. I mean, this is the kind of thing that America has been looking for. Yeah. So um, and, and we're not done, of course. Well, no, I certainly hope not. I mean, we're if not you're done. on a roll. You're on a roll this week. The and, and listen. Whenever you look at um, the government, you want to you want to see guidance and temperament and leadership. You look to, of course, the Department of State, right? This is where Henry Kissinger once uh, once resided. This is you know, Colin Powell was a uh, Secretary of State who started that big war with the Iraq. Um, uh, you know, I think Warren Christopher was one of your um acolytes back in the day i believe you're drinking buddy if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. um but the uh, state department this week brad anthony blinken who is a hack uh secretary of state but he's a hack um this week announced the first ever intersex envoy um that uh, they have appointed uh kimberly zeesman um is and this was done in honor of intersex awareness day uh zeesman uh has been named the uh first um uh, intersex envoy at the State Department. This is a full-time gig focused on protecting the dignity of intersex persons around the globe. And of course, Brad, as you know, the term intersex is used to describe someone born with sex characteristics that do not conform to standard biological definitions of either male or female. And this comes on the heels of the State Department um, last year began they began to offer the X gender marker on U.S. passports for those who couldn't decide between male and female. And, and you know, the good news is you go out there and, and, and you look and, and some of these, it is so crazy how gullible people think you know, voters are. So, for example, you got the guy in Pennsylvania saying he's always liked fracking, which is completely 100% untrue. And there, there, there are articles where he has been anti-fracking, but now he realizes that with this energy nightmare that's been created by the Democrats, he has to be for it. So he just says, I've always been for it. Mm-hmm. The, the woman, Stacey Abrams, who's running for governor of Georgia, who actually refused to concede last time because she said it was stolen from her, even though no Democrat has ever said that, <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Um, and so the, she got, got in a debate and she was asked about the fact that she said that we should defund the police. She said, I never said defund the police. I never said that. All you need to do is go play the clip from CNN a year and a half ago where she said we need to defund the police. And and so the people are becoming so bold in their misrepresentations. And it's on both sides. I mean, those are the two most prominent examples I have. Uh, but it's it's um, it, it's insane how and, and they'll never be called on it. So it doesn't really it doesn't well, that's matter. it. There's no repercussion for lying. Right. Because the the. The folks in our culture who are res- supposedly responsible for saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, this is not actually accurate. Let, let us report the accurate news. Don't do that anymore. Right. They are, depending on which network you're looking at, they are an arm of either 
this party or that party and therefore spin everything to the defense of and in, for the protection of whatever party they are supporting. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that that's learned behavior, right? I mean, the candidates get up and say whatever they want, knowing that unless somebody has the wherewithal to do the research themselves, which very few people do because we're trying to earn enough money to buy $7 gas, that you're never going to get called on. Yeah, it's um, it's insane. It is it is really insane. I guess it's the world we live in. And then and then finally, the government has been sending out these um, national child identification programs. Have you seen these? No. <laughs> these are these three or four page forms where you're encouraged to go and and identify birthmarks and and different uh, broken bones or scars on your child so it's easier to identify the child in case there's some sort of a mass murder at a uh, at a school or, or, or something i mean the government's now sending those out too so uh, it, 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 to me it's very important that we get this election right yeah. because if we don't we're going to be i i don't know where you go from here and, and listen I'm the first one that, that says this is bigger than personality. It's it's not a Trump versus Biden thing. It's got to be a um, uh, it, it's much more, much more important than any one person or group of people. Um, but when you sort of start stacking up the craziness that the government is giving us after not even two years of radical progressive um, leadership, whether it's the economy that's been destroyed or whether it's the um, you know, whether it's the, uh, the immigration mess or, you know, inflation to the point where you can't gasoline is just spiraling out of control again. You can't get diesel. You got foreign wars all over the place. The, the, the whole neocon group is back in charge. And so we're, we're playing Russian roulette on two different fronts with, with, with the Soviets and with Russia and with, with China. Uh, and then you get this whole woke agenda that is teaching our kids that it's okay to, change your gender based on a whim by a six or seven year old. Um, so if people don't think this is a serious election with serious ramifications, they are sadly mistaken. I can't encourage people enough to get out there and vote and, and you know, uh, make your voice heard. Oh, that's it, buddy. I mean, I, we sit down and think about the things that are most important to you, most important to your family, the things that have allowed this country to unquestionably for the last, you know, at least 150 years, probably longer than that, unquestionably a leader in the planet in individual freedoms, in forging ahead in areas that all of humanity has benefited from. Sit down and think about what those things are. Perhaps also think about what those things are not probably have legroom and whether or not you can use the word mom on the list of things that are not important. Find the person who agrees with you on those things and vote for them for whatever the position may be from the president of the United States down to your local county commissioners. Find those people, do the few minutes of research necessary to figure that out. And if they are available, vote for them. And then that will start to move us back in a direction where we can honestly look at our children and say, hey, the American dream is still available. It's available to you. It's available to your friends. It doesn't matter what they look like. The American dream is still available. That's the way things work. Don't listen to these people. They're lying to you. They have their own agendas, which I don't pretend to understand. I don't understand why a kindergarten teacher wants to talk to their five-year-olds about sex. I don't understand that. I just know that they do. 
right? I, and it's not important that I understand it. What's important is that I understand I can change that because we still live in a democracy. We can still vote and we need to do that. Yeah, I, I agree. So I rather than doing the Barden Baird band segment at the end here, we're going to do our big prediction. This is what everyone's been waiting for. No, indeed. So I'm going to predict that the Republicans are going to win the House mm-hmm. and I'm going to predict they win the Senate. And as a tiebreaker, mm-hmm. um, you and I will have to pick how many seats in the Senate they'll ultimately get. But those will be my two my two picks. Oh, boy. Okay, so I'm going to you are far more adept and adroit at the political thing than I am. You are my go to guy for information on those topics. So I am going to agree with you on both. um, And and I my guess is it won't be particularly close. I, I don't know how. So there are. You know, how many seats up 34? This year, Yeah, it's either 33 or 34. Yeah. Yeah. And. In, so in which there's like two or three where there's no incumbent, right? The Pennsylvania being one of those. So we don't really know which way that's going to go. But I'm gonna, you know what? I'll just pay four. I'm going to say the Republicans pick up four seats. So that would mean you're saying the Republicans are going to end up with 54 seats in the Senate. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Is there at 50 right now? Okay. Yeah. But they pick up four. And that okay. could happen. Look, I mean, they, they pick up Georgia, Nevada, Arizona, and then one other, you know, New Hampshire, that's 54. Okay. So are you going to, so let me, I tell you what, that'll set the number. Are you going to go over or under? Well, I can't, I have to go under now because you ever see the, the wheel of fortune show the, the no, the, the price is right. Yeah. Where somebody bids like 38 cents and everyone yeah. else is, thir- well, I got to go 53 because then I'm closer to anything below 53. And if it's uh, 54 or above, you got it. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, let, let, let's see how we do. That was sort of a number I uh, I plucked from the ether, as they say. But uh, let's see how we do. Are, are you comfortable with that? Are you comfortable? I mean, the setting aside the the gambling odds, are you comfortable with 53 or under? Is that what you, the way you think it's going to turn out? Well, I was going to say 53. So you oh, said okay. 54. All right. so okay. All right. Well, good. All right. Good. Yeah. So you went, you're where you, you want to be. I'm where I want to be. Let's see what happens. And I'll tell you what, my friend, this is going to be very exciting. We're going to pay close attention to this election. I, I suggest you and I and that get get together for a game of cribbage, perhaps beforehand, just to sort of, you know, set the tone, up. as they say, set the tone, Yeah, set the tone. And, you know, listen, I it, it's going to be an exciting night. Indeed, it will be, my friend. And we will be right back here in one week's time to report on the outcome, 54, 53 or otherwise on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently, once again clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.